listening to a podcast from GravityChurch.com, Lodi, California. We got some talented actors amongst our crew. It's amazing to see all the different gifts. We've been talking about gifts the last several weeks and <clears throat> talking about the way that God does what he does. And before I go any further, I'm going to let the kids get up and go to their classes because they've been sitting in here. Give it up for the kids around us tonight. Come on, kids. <clears throat> the kids are amazing. It's great to be able to have so many young faces and bodies and energetic little, uh, just little creatures. That's what they are. They're creatures. <clears throat> so we talk about, we talk about strength. We talk about gifts. We talk about our lives. There's so many things. You guys look good tonight. Wow. That doesn't happen often, but I better, better stop and notice. We look at our lives, we look at so many things that we're aware of that we're trying to find, we're trying to search for, we're always trying to reach for something else than what we've got right in front of us. Isn't that just the way it is sometimes? You get in a situation, you're just like, wow, things are okay, but if I could just have that, that's what would really make me happy. You know, we talk about our life a lot. We, we, we say things like, oh, now that's the life right there. Um, I've, I've been blessed to be able to, in the last couple years, acquire a water ski boat. And many of you have looked at me and have said, oh, that's the life. You got a boat. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about this boat of mine. It is not the life that I want. Every time I take that boat out, it's something new. If it's not you know, the lights on the trailer don't work, then it's the thing won't start. If I get that fixed and I get that fixed, then I get out in the middle of the lake and it starts making funny noises. And it's just one thing after another. And it's just this perfect analogy of how when you look at things on the surface, you look at that and you go, oh, that's the life. That's what I really want until you're living it, right? And then when you're living it and you're on the inside, it looks so much different. It's like it's such a different way of looking at things. I'm not ungrateful to have a boat. It's great to get the kids out there and to get wet, but my wife and I were talking about this today, and I've come to the conclusion that all people really like the boat for is because it gets everybody together out on the water, and then when you're out on the water, you get wet, right? So it's like, I'm going to take the engine out of this thing. I'm just going to take it down there and just have somebody tow me out to the middle of the lake with the rest of my friends in there, and we've got a pontoon that we'll swim on, because then I don't have to worry if it runs or not. We'll just do our thing and have fun, but it's, it's driving me crazy. And some of us here tonight, we look at our lives, and there's a lot of things that aren't right. There's a lot of things that we look at that we're just like, why is it one thing after another? Seems like I just get this area of my life where I want it, and then this over here starts going crazy. The relationships with my family, my spouse, my kids, my friends, I'm starting to work through these things. I'm starting to get good. And then what happens? I get a pink slip at work and my job is being cut. And then all of a sudden it's financial pressure. And it's like, oh, why is it one thing is always at me? You know, as we've been talking this idea about being one in Christ, We've talked about it every which way we possibly can. And believe it or not, there's more that we could possibly say about it. But Scripture paints these pictures for us of what it looks like to be 
the living, breathing, walking, talking carriers of living Christ. To be the ones who actually carry the hope of the world, that carry the gospel and the power of it. And the Bible talks about it in so many different ways. The Bible in in one way says that it's like we're a family and it teaches us how to be a family. In another way, it talks about how we're like a functioning body, how there's different body parts and there's different utilities and different functions, but that together we all make up this one body. We've talked about spiritual gifts and we've talked about this beautiful idea that God in his great knowledge saw what it took for us to be together and to stay together and he blessed the church with diverse gifts and how there's gifts of prophecy and healing and miracles and then there's gifts of knowledge and gifts of generosity and gifts of giving and there's all these different gifts. There's gifts of leadership and teaching and all these different things because God knows that in order for us to be everything that we desire and he desires, it takes a lot. And so tonight we come to scripture again and we come with this thinking and this knowledge and this search of the fact that no matter what we have, we're always searching for something more. And just as we just saw in this amazing play, I'm just so grateful for Matt and all the different players. They're just so amazing to see people use what's inside of them, you know? So if you have something inside of you that you're trying to keep quiet, I promise you, it will come out. And when it does, we'll either make a movie about it, write a song about it, or put you up in front of us because you've got stuff that God wants for us to receive. The gifts of God are inside of you. But as we watch this, this play and we watch this demonstration of all these people coming through and how they've experienced the strength of Christ being in them, we come tonight to Scripture trying to bring perspective to our lives in the context of what we really have in our life. Because if we're honest, when we look in that mirror and we see ourselves, many of us here tonight feel like we're powerless to lift up that dumbbell. We're powerless to be able to lift the heavy things in our life. We're powerless because we don't know what the strength is that we're needing and where it comes from. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2 and verse 6, it says this, It says, and now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you you will overflow with thankfulness. It says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and now your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, then you will share in all his glory. You see what it says up there? It says that Christ is your life. That your life is Him and it's in Him. It says some powerful things there. It says that as we come into this relationship with God and we accept Him, we open up and we submit to Him and we say, come into my life and be my Savior, it says now we have this process of continuing to follow Him. We must continue to follow Him. 
I wish that becoming a Christian and following Christ was just this one-time deal where you just, you do something, you say something, and it's over and done, and you're good for the rest of your life, and you never have to struggle or strain or worry or doubt or get through anything tough. But it says something in Scripture completely different. It says you've got to continue to follow Him. And then it begins to paint another picture for us. It begins to, to paint a picture of what it looks like to get strong. Just as we watch this and we watch these, these people come through who put on Christ and they're able to handle lifting the heavy things in their life, Scripture tells us here in order for us to grow strong, we have to let our roots begin to grow into Him. I want you to think about that concept for a second because many of you in your lives have planted your roots in a lot of stuff. You've let your roots grow down into things that this world has to offer and you've planted yourself into those things. It could be anything. It could be a good thing. It could be your career where you think, I'm going to do something with my life that's profitable and is good for me. I want to feel good about myself. And so you, you begin to let the roots of your life grow down into whatever it takes for your career to be successful. And just as a tree starts off as this skinny little sapling and it doesn't have much roots and you can walk up to the thing and you can just yank it out, as your roots begin to grow into something, whatever they grow into is what they become. They begin to suck up the nourishment. They begin to suck up whatever they're on top of. If it's, if it's good soil, they begin to grow strong and their roots go down deep. And you walk up to that same tree a year later and you try pulling on it. There's no way that thing's coming out of the ground. Why? Because it says that your roots have grown down into Him. Some of you right now in your, in your spiritual lives are very frustrated and the reason that you're frustrated is because you feel very weak. You feel like at any moment, the right combination of things could come along and just knock you over. And there's nothing that you could do to defend yourself. There's nothing that you could do to get through it. You would just topple. You would just be plucked up. My friends, you have got to get a hold of this idea of what it is to get rooted in Christ. You've got to begin to understand that you have to grow down into him. And then what happens? It says your lives will become built upon him. And then the very thing that your roots are going into, what happens? Christ becomes your life. And your career is no longer your life. Your family is no longer your life. Even good things like just trying to stay clean and sober is no longer the only most important thing in your life. No longer is it all about all of these other things, but your life is rooted and grounded in Christ, and all of a sudden, you begin to experience the strength and the confidence that can only come from Him. And then when those storms come, the financial blows hit you. Boom, your job is taken away that you were counting on. Or boom, tragedy hits, and somebody that you love more than anything in, in this world is taken, and they die, and you're just like, how am I going to ever recover? Or something happens in your life that's out of your control, all of a sudden, your roots are there and they hold you strong and you do not get taken out. This scripture is a powerful scripture because what it is literally portraying to us is this concept that we find ourselves in Jesus. We find ourselves in Christ. How many of you guys have ever said the words, I just need to find myself? 
Or you've heard somebody say, I'm just, you know, just trying to figure things out right now. I'm just, I'm just trying to find myself. I'm just trying to find where I'm at. I'm just trying to find my bearings, you know. We all wrestle with those feelings, those feelings of, I just got to be over here. I'll just go over here and see if I can. No, it's got to be over here. We, we're always looking for something that's going to complete us, something that's going to make us stop searching because we're all searching for something. We find ourselves in Christ. The search is over. When we come to him and we find him, the search is over. And we begin to learn what is it to live in him. What is it to learn to live in Christ? A couple weeks ago, we started talking about this concept of the fact that all of us together, as believers in God, believers in Jesus, we are a body. We function and flow just like a body. But we also learned that we have a head. And the Bible makes it very clear that this, that this picture of a body has Jesus at the top of it. He's our head. He's, our, he's the, the, the one that holds us all together. And in Romans chapter 12, it says these words. It says, just as our bodies have many parts... And each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Say those words with me. We belong to each other. Say it again. We belong to each other. That statement right there is contrary to our emotional makeup as human beings. Our emotional makeup as human beings is divisive and separate. Though we long more than anything to be connected because of fear, we reject that and we isolate and we try to control our lives instead. And there's a difference between being in control and letting go of control. Have any of you ever experienced the difference between that? It's a big difference. And most of us here wrestle with the fear of letting go of control. Some of us have terms that we call our friends. We call them control freaks. Or we call them different things that, that make them think, you know, wow, you guys are over the top. But in reality, it takes one to know one. It's one of those things that you know what it looks like because you're one too. You may be able to hide it a little bit better. You may be able to mask it a little bit more. But every one of us wrestles with control. Control is one of those things that keeps people where we want them. I'll let you be my friend and you can come this far, but that's it. Right there is as far as you go. And I may, you may think that I'm letting you in. You may think that I'm open and just totally transparent what you see is what you get, and I'm letting you know everything. But trust me, there's a few more steps between us that you don't know about. And I want it that way because here, this, this is my safe zone. This is my buffer. This is where I can see things going bad before they hit me, and I got a chance to react. I got a chance to get out. I got a chance to handle it. And that's the way we manage our lives all the time. And so when we come to God and we begin to experience this newness, this life coming out of us, the first thing that God starts doing is chipping away at our control issues. It's the first thing he starts dealing with. He starts saying, number one, follow me. Get rid of this idea that you're in charge of your life. Get rid of that. That's not going to work anymore. If you want to follow Christ, number one, 
you're not calling the shots anymore. Oh man, are you kidding me? That's like, that's a big deal, but that's number one. And then after we get to the fact that we're saying, okay, I'll trust God. I'll go ahead and let God call the shots in my life somewhat. Let's see how this goes. Then he begins chipping away at our relationships. And he begins saying things like this scripture, that we belong to each other. You tell me, where is there room for isolation and withdrawing and hiding in that? There's no room. We belong to each other. That means that there's an interconnectedness in the body of Christ. There's, a, there's this beautiful way that God has arranged for us to, to grow through being connected to each other. And it's not just in one church. It's not just Gravity Church or Temple Baptist Church or Victory Outreach or Reality Church. It's with the whole body of Christ that God has connected us. And the more that we begin to see this beautiful connection, the more that we begin to realize is that our Father knows exactly what we need to become strong. And He knows that in order for us to grow down into Him, that it's going to take more than just me by myself It's going to take more than just me trying to pray about things on my own and and read Scripture by myself. It's going to be me connecting myself with the body of Christ and letting them have access to me and for me to let them have access to, or vice versa. You know what I'm getting at. And so this, this picture of being connected is a big part of this new way of living for us. And to be quite honest with you, it's, it's a way that many of us are uncomfortable with and that we reject. We absolutely just don't want to do it. We don't want to believe it. We don't want to accept it. We don't want to pursue it because it makes us so uncomfortable to have to live this way, to have to begin to deal with our control issues. Listen to this scripture in Galatians chapter 5. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but instead use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, then watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Wow, that's heavy, huh? It starts off by saying that, number one, God wants for us to experience freedom. Freedom. Freedom is what it's all about. Jesus came... And Jesus lived and Jesus taught with one singular goal in mind, to set the captives free. 
Jesus came because when he saw this world, he saw people that had been taken hostage. They were no longer free. And it started thousands of years before he ever got to this earth. And he saw the effects of what sin had done to this world and to civilization and to creation. And he looked around and Jesus says, I'm on a mission and it's a freedom mission. I want people to be free. They have not experienced freedom. They've lived in this world and they've lived with all of these things that are bombarding them. Believing lies that they've been told. Lies that sound like this. If you want to be happy in life, you've got to get rich. Financial security is what will really make you happy. If you want to get somewhere in the eyes of people, you've got to be famous. If you want to get somewhere, you've got to become somebody. And all of these lies are perpetuated. We deal with the relational lies that we have all heard and believed and bought into. And Jesus looks around and he's like, I want people everywhere to experience freedom. What is freedom? Freedom is a really, really beautiful thing that very few of us really understand. But freedom literally means to be free from the effects of anything. Free from the grip of anything. Do you live with an attitude or with a pressure to have to please people? You're not free. Do you live with an environment in your family where people are always placing expectations on you and you operate in guilt and shame because you can never do enough or, or be best, be good enough for other people? You're not free. Do you live with a struggle of an addiction in your life where no matter how good you do, it always pulls on you and you always give in to it? You're not free. It says we have this struggle inside of us, this constant struggle between two places. The place of freedom that God desires for us to know and the place that we're all very, very familiar with. The place that's rooted in our evil desires that left unchecked takes us wherever it is that it takes us. And we're all different, but we all have them. And so this scripture talks about this amazing concept of freedom. And then it says these powerful words. It says, to use your freedom to serve one another in love. When we come to Christ and we begin to understand this dynamic that we find our lives in Him and we begin to stop chasing after everything else and we begin to single-heartedly focus on Him and single-heartedly pursue Jesus, everything else goes away and our pursuit becomes, God, root me, ground me, grow me into you. I don't want to search anymore. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to be fixed and planted in Jesus. When that begins to happen, we begin to experience freedom. We begin to experience true freedom. And then we begin to experience the body of Christ in all of its beauty and all of its diversity coming alive with free people, with people who are un unstrained. We are unrestrained. We are free. We're able to do whatever it is that God puts in, for, in front of us to do. And he says that we get to serve each other, that we get to love each other, that we begin to live in this understanding that we are connected and that, that we are many, yet we are the same. The biggest thing that you and I struggle with 
I believe, in our lives is our self-will. Our self-will is strong and it's powerful and it's stubborn and it doesn't want to give up. And our self-will can seem sometimes very good on the surface. I've seen our self-will express itself in religious talk before. I've heard people use scripture to try to get their way. I've heard people manipulate situations to try to make them sound like on the surface they're really honorable and wholesome, yet under the surface it's completely full of control and self-will, trying to manipulate, trying to stay safe, trying to keep people where they need to stay. And this struggle of self-will is where you and I have to focus our prayer and our earnest desire to say, God, I want to be honest with myself. I want to be honest with my brothers and sisters. I want to begin begin to understand freedom in a way to where I can connect and I can live in this connectedness and I can experience the beauty of the body of Christ and the gifts of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the way that God has built His family to function. But it comes down to one thing. Do I believe that I need you? Really? Do you believe that you need me? Some of us don't. Some of us really believe that we can get through life without each other. That we can make it through, that we can get to where we need to get, that we can experience what we need to experience without the help of the body of Christ. But when we begin to understand the truth that God didn't make it that way, that God did not create us as our own individual gods to be able to manage our own lives and control everything, then we begin to understand the reality that I am not complete without you in my life. I need you. You need me. We are connected. There are things in your life that if I don't have access to, I'm not going to be who I'm supposed to be. That there are things that you are sitting next to people right now or across from people right now, that if you knew the way that God created them, the way that God fashioned them, the way that God, when He dreamed them up, put them together in such a way that you would say to yourself, I need what they have in their life. I need their insight. I need their passion. I need their gifts. I need them to know me so that I can have what God has for my life. My friends, God desires for us to connect. God desires for us to become one. God desires for us to begin to understand what it is to deal with the heavy things in our life. How many of you guys saw that play? And you saw the struggle and the strain on Matthew's face as he so perfectly was showing, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Guys, that's how some of you come week in and week out to this place. You keep saying to yourself, this will be the week. I just need one more week and I can do this. I just, I just, me and God, we just got a few more things we got to get through, but I can do this. And you
So I just grabbed this one. You strain and you struggle and you strive and you're trying your best to do what comes naturally right here in your mind to do. And yet God is saying, you're not going to deal with your stuff until you let go of control. And if you want to know what that looks like, it starts with being understanding that my life is built on Christ and that He is what I'm pursuing and growing down into. But then it starts beginning to understand the reality of I need people. I got to open up. My, my stories are ugly. My history is checkered. My past is bad. And I'm ashamed of who I am and what I've done. All I can say is you're in a great place. <laughs> Welcome to the club. There's lots of us here that share that same feeling about ourselves. And that's what I love so much about seeing God redeem us as a group and individually. I'm watching God take broken things and make them beautiful. Would you pray with me? You've been listening to gravitychurch.com. 